Hi everyone, Erin here. So sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have something amazing to share with you. Do you want to become a mindfulness or well-being strategist? Perhaps so. If you do, I have the exact program for you. In partnership with UPeace, United Nations Institution, we are offering a three-month training to certify people in mindfulness and well-being strategy. This is a three-month virtual program plus one-week in-person retreat in Osada, Costa Rica. This certificate is in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations international school that focuses on social innovation, entrepreneurship, and peace building. The certificate will train participants in meditation, mindfulness, coaching, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, new ways of healing, sales funnels, branding, overall modern day wellness and how you can launch and grow a business. As a graduate, you can take on one-on-one clients as a well-being strategist, offer wellness programming in corporations, schools, and more. Build your own wellness programming and learn how to attract clients and grow your business. Definitely check out The links in the footnotes would love, love, love to have you. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. Today, we have Tanya Gonzalez, psychic medium and spiritual counselor. In this episode, we talk about A Course in Miracles, Eat, Pray, Love, meaning Elizabeth Gilbert, becoming the number three psychic in the world and the healing that needs to occur right now. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Erin Rachel Doppel, bringing light to the marriage between Eastern practices and Western psychology, while encouraging you to show up for yourself and the world around you. May this be your time to shine. May you show up. I am super pumped about today's guest. We have Tanya Gonzalez, psychic medium, certified spiritual counselor, healer, and yoga teacher. Tanya, hi. Hello, beloved. Thank you so much for having me on the Wise Women podcast. I'm so grateful. We are so happy to have you. So please tell us, how did you begin this journey? Ah, right. So let me take a sigh first. So how I really began this spiritual journey was I was in a, a, a dark, dark place. I was working as a school librarian. I was, I believe, about 29, 30. I had been, no, I was about 30, 32. Let me take that back. And I had been doing, I had been working as a librarian for a few years. And it wasn't a burnout. It was really the school system, how it wasn't serving the kids. I was drinking too much. I was caught up confused and in chaos in my life, relationships, finances. And I just had this moment where I just said, stop. I was at a very, very dark place. Like I, said, I was drinking every day. I was missing work because I didn't want to be there. And two big things happened. Two big things happened. The first big thing happened was I had seen this magazine called Science of Mind. And on the cover, this is the interesting part for 2019. This was over 14, 15 years ago now. On the cover was Marianne Williamson speaking about spirit, spirituality. She was on the cover of the Science of Mind magazine at the My Favorite Borders. And so I said, you know what, what is this Science of Mind? What is this? I had heard about Marianne Williamson before. And I said, you know what, I just picked it up. And 
I read that magazine, that little magazine from cover to cover. And in there, I discovered there was a center for spiritual living in Chicago. And so I, I got my courage up. I got my gumption. I got up on a Sunday morning and I went to Chicago. I lived in the suburbs. So it was like a 30 minute, 40 minute drive. So, you know, it's in Chicago traffic, even on a Sunday morning, it takes the decision to do so. And so I got up and I went, and when I went, I was embraced. I was hugged by people and the music made me start crying. What he said, I was like, who are you talking to? How do you know my story? And I just said, thank you. Thank you. I knew then that I was not alone and that that struggle was, was really just within me, that it wasn't around me, but it was in my thoughts. And so I dove right in. And in that time, also Eat, Pray, Love came out. And it was before Oprah saw it, it was just a book on the table at Borders. And I saw the cover, you know, the, the original cover with the flowers, it's Eat, Pray, Love. And it had a mala. And I was like, what? This is how I'm feeling. And I opened the book and I read it in like two and a half days. And I said, there's more like me. There's more like me. And I said, she wrote the book I want to live because I was a single mother. My daughter was just starting high school. And I thought, what else can I do here? I had spent all this time getting this master's degree, two master's degree. First one was as a, as a librarian. And then I went back to get my school media certification. And I said, this is not what I want. This is not the life that I want. And it is killing me. I'm drinking. I'm, you know, just, I'm in chaos. And so I had this voice tell me that I was being guided. And so Eat, Pray, Love and Center for Spiritual Living. And I took the leap and I quit my job as a school librarian on October 3rd, 2003. And so I remember it was so scary because I worked for a school district. I was kids I had been supporting for a few years. They knew me. I was their favorite librarian. And I had to let them know. But I, I had this courage. I had this, this something that seed had been sparked by going to the Center for Spiritual Living. And I said, I, I, can't, I can't go back. I can't go back to that person. And even though I, I still drank for many years, it's been four years, I'll be celebrating four years this um, 22nd of this month that I stopped drinking. But I knew then that I had to stop living the way I was. And, and I was in a complicated relationship with alcohol, and I'll share that more with you later. But it really was that decision to up-level myself. And then it was diving into yoga and connecting to my spiritual self at a deeper level. It was witnessing who I was and who I wanted to be. And so I spent then um, the next three years becoming a, a certified spiritual counselor and going through their classes, going through a board exam. Even we had uh, a licensed exam that we had to take and it was one of the most rewarding experiences, even more than graduating with my master's degree in a year. Having that spiritual foundation then gave me a sense of 
of purpose and magic that I hadn't ever experienced. And I knew then that I was on a sacred path. And did I stumble? Yes. Did I get back up? Yes. And many times I stumbled, but I knew something was guiding me. I knew that my gifts as a psychic medium were for me to share. I knew I would be provided for if I followed the guidance that I was given. And so I did. I, I worked, I, I taught yoga classes all over Chicago. I started teaching in high schools. I taught, I remember once I even taught a Girl Scout troop because this was yoga was just starting. The whole spiritual thing was really just becoming, it, it's, it definitely wasn't trending like it is now. Crystals weren't every, you know, on everybody's conversation. There was no crystal talk, you know? And so it was really a, a different time. And at that time, I was a pioneer, you know, talking crystals and brujeria. People were like, oh, she's the devil. I remember going to a church and someone actually said, the devil comes in many disguises. And I was so offended. And then I said, I see what she's saying. You know, I see how she sees me as different. I'm the devil. And, and so, yeah, spiritual practice and all of this was different. However, I just knew something was guiding me. And so I, I got my certification. And then during that time, I also went to Kapalo to get my yoga certification. And so I spent a month in their ashram energy and getting my certification as a yoga teacher. And that really, that really showed me what spirit was. And so I was teaching yoga all over Chicago. And I said, I know there's more. And so I started doing tarot readings at, on at a, a little coffee shop not far from home on Thursday nights for a dollar a minute. And I said, you know, I'm going to supplement my income, my yoga, because I know I'm going to be the, the best woman of color yoga teacher in the world. And so that was my, my focus, you know, because I had read Eat, Pray, Love was like my guidebook. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to be this amazing. Because again, at that time, there was not women of color really talking yoga, doing yoga, any of it. And so I thought, oh, this will be where I start. And so the tarot readings. So people started asking, can I get a private reading with you? And I said, sure. So people started coming to my house. And then a newspaper came and heard about how I was doing readings at the Buzz Cafe. And, and then I was written in the paper and then more people started. And then Craigslist just started then. And so they were like, you know, you should advertise on Craigslist. And I was like, oh, I thought that was a porno site. And, and so, it's pardon me. Yeah. And so, no, they said, advertise, advertise. And then I started getting books of parties and weddings and bar mitzvahs and retirement parties and Harry Potter parties. And so my energy grew. I was this tarot reader and yoga teacher. And so I said, okay, so there's something to this. And then with my spiritual counseling, then it was, so I would have spiritual counseling clients coming in the front door and my tarot clients coming in the back door. And I said, how can I blend these two? And then it, it, it became tarot life coach. And I blended my spiritual counseling with tarot life with tarot. And that came together in 2009. And this was before uh, 
any social media. So I remember creating my first website thinking, I do not know what I'm doing. I had this pink background and purple letters and I wanted to be flashy and show my favorite colors. It was before we had all these, you know, ideas of what a good website looked like. And I just put it up there and sure enough, people started reaching out. So I readings on YouTube. Nobody's doing tarot on YouTube. So I started doing these weekly tarot videos. And even my first one is still there. And I remember shaking in my boots. Oh my goodness. I remember I was like, what is this YouTube thing? And so I did my first video. I was, I had I was homeless basically at the time, living with a friend. I had planned on moving to Puerto Rico and then I wasn't, I had sold all my stuff. I had fallen in love and then that fell through. I was really at a dark place when I made that first video, but something again said, do this, do this, do this. And so I made that video and I kept making these weekly videos. And in July of 2012, I had lived in Spain, had come back to Chicago. And then I said, you know, there's a big world. I know I'm meant to be out there. And so a friend of mine had invited me down to Key West. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I can waitress because I had waitressed all through college as a single mother to, you know, get by. And so I was a damn good waitress. And so I said, I'm going to go down to Key West, get myself a waitressing job and Maybe I'll find another cafe and can do tarot readings. And so I did that. I went down to Key West. I started looking for a waitressing job. Could not find one. I went to cafes. Oh, sure, you can do tarot readings. Because, you know, Key West is a place where cruise ships come in. It's a hot place. And I said, I can make it. And I set up shop. I just, I, I started. And so I went to the best restaurant in Key West, Blue Heaven at the time. And I said, I'm here. I want to be a server. And they said, we have no, nothing available. All we have is a busboy position. I said, busboy. And they're like, yeah, cleaning, picking up, you know, the bathroom, the dishes. And I was like, I'll take it. What? They couldn't believe it. Here I was. I came with a resume, with a master's degree as a librarian. And they're like, what are you doing here? I remember the owner, Rick, came and he was like, who are you? Who are you? And you're going to take this job? Aaron, sister, I became the best busboy they ever had. This Haitian woman, Miss Betty, was the head of the busboy. So I had a woman who was my direct supervisor, Miss Betty. And she was grumpy and mean. And everybody told me, don't piss off Miss Betty. And I said, Oof, I don't want to piss off Miss Betty. So I became her right-hand woman. And she taught me everything. And she became my buddy and I became hers. And I, they couldn't believe it was the dynamic duo, me and Miss Betty. And we rocked it. And I was like, you know what? This isn't so bad. And my daughter came to visit me once. And she said, doing what are you doing you know she's like mom you have a master's degree you are you are so much better than this and I was like it's just a job I'm making some tips no worries so 
while she was there, someone who was the hostess called in sick and Tanya, can you fill in? I said, absolutely. I became then the hostess with the mostest. People would come in and, oh, is Tanya working tonight? Oh my God, Tanya, can we get your table by Tanya? Everybody wanted to sit by me. Everybody loved, you know, connecting with me. And they're like, oh my God, she's great at this. So they allowed me then to be that hostess. So I was hostessing two days, busboying for two days. And I said, oh yeah, I'm going to be a server. Don't worry. Because the servers, mind you, were making at least two to 300 a night. Easy. And so I wanted to be a server. Somebody quit. I thought, oh, this is my chance. They're going to let me be a server. Uh, denied. They said, you know what? Season's almost over. We're, we're not going to give you. So I went then to Southernmost Beach Cafe, which was their competitor, but was right there on the beach. Uh, they have a beautiful hotel. And I applied for a server job. So I was a server at Southernmost Beach Cafe. I was a hostess and a busboy. Plus, I still had clients and I had the radio show and I was doing my weekly videos. So I wanted to give you all that background. And every morning I would walk, I would go into my 7 a.m., 6 a.m. looking at the ocean and I would say, I need something better for me. I know there's something better for me. And if you can imagine the breakfast shift, 7 a.m. at a cafe, people from their ships, people from the hotel. It was international. So I love that. I was able to meet people from all over the world. And soon enough, I was the top waitress because I just love people. And they used to have these comment cards and I would get a stack of them. And people were like, is she filling these out herself? And they're like, she's so amazing. And people would say, oh my God, Tanya, people would take pictures with me. You're my favorite server ever. And it, 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 it just, it, it, I, cause I just was in it. I didn't let the job be me. I was just in it. And soon I got an email. It was July. My birthday was coming up. I was about to turn 40 and I got this email and it was, you were, we're interested in you. And then it was like in Russian. And I was like, what is this? Luckily, I worked with a, a, a Russian girl, Natalia at Southern Speech. And I said, can you tell me what this says they keep sending me emails and she says oh, tanya this is the international psychic challenge this is the biggest show in ukraine tell them to call you now i can talk for you call tell them to call you now so i emailed them and within a half an hour they were calling me and they said hello tanya we would like to invite you to participate in the international psychic challenge here in Kiev, Ukraine. And I dropped the phone and I said, what? How did you find me? Your YouTube. I said, what? So I went from the hardest working psychic in the world, <laughs> you know, in, in Key West, whisked off to Kiev. And Aaron, when I got off the plane, there was a TV crew waiting. And I said, where am I? Wow. <laughs> and so I, I, I participated in their tryouts and they invited me back. 
and it was right before my 40th birthday. And so I came back and my daughter was at DePaul at the time. She was, I think, in her second year of, of university. And she's like, what? What's going on? And so she came down to Key West. We packed everything up. I said, hasta la vista, you know, adios, all the words that I can say. And I whisked off to Kiev and I lived there for eight months. I went through the deepest snow I ever went through. I They had landmines. We had bombs. We had, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. There was at least 3,000 people that showed up for this show tryouts from all over the world. And when they selected me, I thought it was a joke. And I really didn't take it seriously until I went to the TV studio, till they came to me with a contract, till it went from 200 to 30 to 20 to 12 to six to four. And then it was, I was voted number three. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, did you say I'm number three psychic in the world on TV? And I couldn't believe it. All over Ukraine, all over Kiev, I would go in the stores. Donitska, Donitska. People would call my name, sign my autograph. Oh my God, there she is. People would come to my hotel and I would go to the store and I was just, I just loved everyone. And because my name is actually Russian, my great grandmother's best friend was a Russian woman. And she told my mother, if it is a girl, name her Tonya. And so that endeared me to the Ukrainian and Russian people that my name is a part of their country and their culture. And they just, they loved me and they voted for me. And we had over 33 million viewers every Sunday. The show was from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So it was primetime TV. I would have parties and viewing parties because it was in it was in Ukrainian and I couldn't understand. And I'm like, what are they saying? What are they saying about me? And so I it was it was the time of my life, but it was also the scariest because I saw how ego, how fear, and how fame oh can destroy a person. And I said, that's not who I want to be. And so that's who I am. That's, that's who I am up until this point. So let me take a rest for me and then share my, my journey with you. Tanya, wow, what a journey. That's amazing. What a story. And I think about that all the time, especially I used to live in India and uh, people would come up to you on the street and say, be in my Bollywood film, be in my Bollywood film. And I would tell my friends who are trying to become actresses in LA, go to India, go to Mumbai, like become famous out there and then come back home and you have this whole following. Wild. And for anyone who's listening in the beginning of Tanya's story, she mentioned a book called A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles is a very sacred text. It was brought to the world by Helen Tuchman and Bill Tetford, and they're both philosophers. And one day, Helen started hearing a voice, and they dictated A Course in Miracles. It's a very profound spiritual text. And then Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. The new cover is Julia Roberts. It became a, a huge movie, and it's about how she ate in Italy for four months, prayed in India for four months, and then fell in love in Bali. Are you still involved with the teachings of A Course in Miracles? OMG, am I ever. So 
two things that you said that I should share with you. So I'll share with you my story about Elizabeth Gilbert and Eat, Pray, Love. And then I'll talk to you about A Course in Miracles. So first of all, my love for Eat, Pray, Love and my magic as a bruja are, are so powerful that I was able to not only meet Elizabeth Gilbert. So again, this was when authors were still doing big book tours. And this was before Oprah read the book and blew her up. So she was still going to borders. And I, I saw that she was going to be at the borders near me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. It was a snowstorm. I was going. I was there and I was so excited. There she was. And I just was so, I had to tell her and the women in front of me were talking about the book and people were all buzzing around. And I didn't know the person sitting next to me was a Chicago Tribune reporter. And so the ladies in front were like, oh, you know, this book changed my life. And I said, I quit my job from this book. And I started telling them, they're like, oh my God, that's so inspiring. And so one of the other ladies overheard and she said, we've got to get you to talk to Elizabeth. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And so this reporter sat there and heard everything that I was saying. I had no idea that meeting her, standing in the line to meet her and all of that would be in the Chicago Tribune on two days later, someone ended up calling me. Oh my gosh, Tanya, did you know you're in the Chicago Tribune? Huge color photo of Elizabeth Gilbert and I hugging another one of her and I next to each other and me sharing the story of how I quit my job because of the book. Not only was it in the Tribune, then a few years, I think it was maybe in 2016, I became a this is when Huffington Post was still having featured writers. And I wrote an article then called How Meeting Elizabeth Gilbert Changed My Life. I included that Chicago Tribune piece because I learned all this now in my publicity class and, you know, included that again. And then in the Huffington Post and that story grew up. And so I have a very solid connection with my divine sister, who is also a cancer, Elizabeth Gilbert. So I know that I'm meant to meet her again. And whenever you Google my previous name, Tanya, Gonz or Tanya Melendez, Elizabeth Gilbert, my picture and her pop up and the whole article, it was even gone. I even saw that it was syndicated in the Japanese. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's not done. Our circle is not complete yet, but I, I love Elizabeth. I followed her. My daughter, Miana, loves her books now. And, you know, it was something that she said actually the other day that I can lead right into A Course in Miracles. And I follow her on social media. I just, I adore her. I've, I've followed all of her relationships since We Pray Love. And, um, she wrote this very profound post just this past Sunday about the terrorism that's going on in the United States and, and how it's being labeled as mental illness and in, in some circles to make it look better. You know, that's not terrorism in the United States. These young white men have mental problems. And in fact, that's not the case. And so, and leading that into A Course in Miracles is that it truly 
it is forgiveness, but it is also that action behind our forgiveness that leads us to our, our final peace. You know, we have to recognize that it is the peace of God that we want. And these young men don't have that. They are so disturbed within themselves and so disturbed by the outside influences that they have no peace within them, that they want to go and create war. And A Course in Miracles teaches, I, when I attack, it is because I am defending myself. So these young men believe that they're being attacked. But from where are they believing this? And where do most people believe that they are being attacked? But in their mind. And it has been A Course in Miracles that has guided me away from alcoholism. It has guided me away from abusive relationships, even the one with myself. It has guided me from abusive thoughts and dark thoughts and, and, and anger and rage because nothing else I've ever used, no other book, not even Marianne Williamson herself, no, no, none of my science of mind teaching, nothing else healed my thoughts like A Course in Miracles, because it truly is our thoughts. And when you read the text and when you every day and over the years read the, the lessons, they do become imprinted in your soul and you start to hear them differently. So even when I was drinking and partying in Ukraine or in Spain or wherever I was living at the moment, I still carried my Course in Miracles. I still read the lessons, but I wasn't following it. See, I thought, I'm being a good spiritual girl. I'm being a good spiritual student. I'm, I'm still reading it. I got it. I got my book with me. But I wasn't taking the action. I wasn't doing what it said to really forgive. But I was, I was trying. I was trying. I was doing it in my mind. I would press away those negative thoughts and, and, and push down my anger and the feelings that I thought, thinking that if I erased them from my mind, that they would disappear. And that is the ultimate lie that we tell ourselves. And we deceive ourselves. That's what A Course in Miracles, it is us that deceive us. And when I started reading it with the energy that came after I said, I am no longer drinking alcohol almost four years ago, it got very clear. It got very clear. I realized that I, where I was unbalanced, where I needed to listen more, where I needed to soften, where I needed to strengthen, nothing else I had ever read or had ever been taught. And I have met Maureen Williams and I've met Deepak Chopra and John Holland and James Von Prague and, and uh, Colette Baron reed And I've met so many psychic mediums and spiritual teachers. None of that has supported me the way A Course in Miracles has. And, and so much so that I carried, you know, I shared it in my home so much that now my, my daughter started reading it because she loved listening to Marianne Williamson. And then she said, okay, she's talking. I'm going to listen to Miss Marianne. And then she got introduced and has her own practice. And then watching her and I, and then my husband, he said, you know what, is this like quantum physics? It kind of sounds like, you know, because he likes the quantum physics side of it, the science, the, the consciousness. And he, and he picked it up in Spanish and he said, you know what, this sounds like what I like. So now he's reading it. And he says, you know what, this is what I've been looking for. I've been thinking like this since I was a little boy. 
this is what I've been looking for. And so not without me trying, my family now, each of us are in our own lesson and our own experience, but all of us have our own Course in Miracles. So we are a Course in Miracles home because it has healed my mind. And by healing my mind, I have healed my body. And by healing my body, I have been able to heal my relationships and healing my relationships with food, with money, with sex, with, with spirituality, with my sisters, with, with white people, with black people, with all people, with myself, which is the most important. And that is truly the gift of A Course in Miracles. And if this is resonating with you, definitely check it out. I know I keep it on my phone just in case I don't have the physical copy with me. And in those moments of deep suffering or compulsive negative thought pattern or dissonance, I'll, I'll Google a, a keyword or search a keyword within the book and then read that passage or read that whole entire lesson. And it does provide immediate relief and it uses uh, Christ, so Christianic terminology, and connect in any which way most serves you. And Tanya, Absolutely. I definitely wanted to ask you right now about, are there specific themes that come up when you're doing a psychic medium session? Like, is there a theme that all of us are kind of going through right now? Absolutely. It's the pain and the suffering of unforgiveness. It's the pain and suffering that is, is in our minds. And that's why I really love A Course in Miracles. I share A Course in Miracles in everything I do. So I am a bruja, which means I, I, it's a Spanish word for witch. That's all. And the reason I use that is because witch comes from, a, you know, from the European aspect of natural woman magic. And so I want my European sisters to have that because it comes from their people. Bruja comes from my people. And there's over 50 words for the word witch in Africa and Asia. There's, there's over 50 different terms for the word witch, bruja. And so I chose bruja. And how that connects to my psychic energy is it alivens my senses. Brujaria is natural medicine, natural magic. It is talking to the birds. It is listening to the wind. It is connecting to my spirit through my womb, through my heart, and through the earth by pressing my feet into the earth and walking in the grass or going to the ocean. And so that Christ energy, that's, that is just a spiritual sight. And spiritual sight is what's, what being a psychic medium is. And we all have it to a degree. However, I was given an extra sensory sense of it as a gift, as a gift. My husband is an artist. His brothers are artists. They have a gift. My daughter is an actress and a singer. She has a gift. Beyonce, you know, she's my favorite. She has her gift. And of course, miracles teaches us when we are when we fulfill our function, which is one, happy forgiveness, then it's happiness, and then the thing that we were meant to do. So I don't study how to be a psychic. I don't think, oh, how am I going to be a psychic? I've never taken a class. In fact, I remember the first time I went to a tarot class, the teacher asked me, what are you doing here? You don't need this. 
And I said, I don't know this. She said, yes, you do. And after that, I never went back because it is my gift. And I awakened it and I allowed myself the freedom to express it. And since I allowed myself to express it, it's blossomed. It allowed me to be voted number three psychic in the world. And so like you, beloved sister, I have, let me share with you. I have A Course in Miracles on my phone. I have it on my iPad. I have the physical copy. My husband has his copy. I have some in the cards. There's no place in my life where it's truly not. We have, I keep one of the cards, right? We, I pick one every day and put it out for each of us, you know, to look at throughout the day, right next to our um, candle that we keep burning all day, which is again, a part of Bruharia, but it really is just magic. Don't churches keep candles going all day? Don't churches keep it quiet and, and smelling of incense and flowers all day? We can allow our homes, our body temples to be that same space, that same energy of sanctuary. Instead of it being just a dumping ground where we just dump our stuff, we create our energy. And, and it, is, it is this that is spiritual practice. Not, oh, I got to do this spell. I got to do this prayer. I got to do this ritual. It is the, the beingness. And, and this common theme is where people miss it. They want to do the ritual and pray for a couple of weeks. Where's my miracle? Where is it? I did the lessons. Come on. Where is it? Everybody wants the miracle to be Santa Claus. They want, everybody has this idea that God is Santa Claus. And because I, I said, oh, I forgive my mother. I'm over it. Oh. Okay. Forgive her. It's over. Where's my blessing? I said I forgive her. It's over. <laughs> you know, when people get so frustrated waiting for their miracle, and I say, okay, aren't you getting frustrated? Frustration comes from fear, which means you're not over it. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, you know, and then I take them to another level. I said, that that is where the forgiveness starts, beloved, with you. And so we can carry the book around or we can read it. We can carry the weight of our fear, our, our story, our abuse, our pain, our victimization, our poverty. We can carry that story around or we can say, I'm getting up. And so how that connects to the psychic sense and how that connects to energy like today, high vibration energy. Um, there's a portal open today. Um, it's called the Lion's Gate. There's the solar flares. We're in between a, a full moon and a, a new moon and, and a, you know, a quarter moon. And all these different energies play out with, on all of us. And so many people in this time are really going through their own spiritual epiphanies and awakenings and healings. And the reason is because we're accelerating. Our spiritual senses are awakening. We're being deactivated in our third eye. More people are having an awakening. The millennials are awoken. They're the ones who are saying more vegan, less animals. They're the ones saying, love everybody. Everybody's for free. You know, They're saying education. More people of color are saying, this is not right. We're, let's end this patriarchy. Do you see? Out there in the world, it's happening. We had to see all the darkness and the racism and the white supremacy. We had to see it so we could heal it. Because when we saw it out there, we said, wait a minute, this is how I'm living? So we need to see all these young men 
that are angry and heal them. We have to see within ourselves the masculine that is angry within us so we can be the soft feminine women to heal these young men. These young men who are becoming homegrown terrorists, and even though I don't live in the United States anymore, but I am still a U.S. citizen, it's a lack of love that they feel. Everything that Marianne, I hear people making fun of her, but I see, I also see people standing behind her in her politics of love because love, like Gandhi said, like Mother Teresa said, like Martin Luther King said, like all of the great leaders that we all love and appreciate who are our ancestors now have said, it is peace that we truly want. And it is that peace that comes from us recognizing that God the most high within ourselves. And that is why I love enforcing miracles. And so I teach, a, I have a, a, a love donation uh, session that I offer for people who are curious because it's heavy. And you open that book, you're like, what the heck is this? I am not reading this. This sounds like what my mom used to tell me or my dad used to tell me it makes me feel bad. But we've got to get over that. And that's what the, the it's it's there to see how much we put in front of our good. You know, it's there to distract us. And if, if we get distracted by it, then we're not, we're, we're being distracted. And so in my upcoming book, Heal Sister Heal, I'm adapting the language to include the divine feminine. I'm adapting the lessons to include diverse you know diversity and inclusivity i'm adapting it but i am also basing the format of my book on a course in miracles so the first part of my book is the text and then there's the self-love plan and the self-love plan is like the lessons and then there's the self-love magic which is going to be where you learn the rituals and the prayers which is like the teacher's manual right and then what the, the special part that i'm really excited about is the resource directory that I'm cultivating, that I'll, I'll begin cultivating in the next month of women of color and of resources for women. Because this book is what I wanted. It's the eat, pray, love for the modern bruja, for the, for the millennial, for the 40-something the woman. It is the book that I wanted to read, how to heal my anxiety. What, why do I have these dark repeating thoughts? How do I heal them? What is a self-love plan? I don't love myself. How do I, how do I love myself? Nobody taught me how, you know, and, and this is, this is what this book is about because there are many people under post-traumatic stress disorder and don't even know it. So many people have high anxiety, high blood pressure, diabetes. We're not eating healthy. We're not eating or, you know, eating healthy or sleeping well. And it is killing our society. And this is why we're being activated. This pineal gland is saying, wake up. Wake up. You're destroying Mother Nature. Wake up. You are destroying each other. Wake up. Wake up. And so that's where we are today. And we are being awoken. We are being, and this is why we're all having such traumatic experiences and transformation. 
everybody, the rest of these months of 2019, get ready, babies. <laughs> As I say to everybody, get ready. If you have not done your work, it's going to be ripped off like a Band-Aid. 2020 is coming. It is the age of Aquarius. It is the age of our, our most amazing healing. If you are a healer, you're going to be called to step beyond all kinds of healing that you ever thought that you would ever do. And if you are just starting, you are going to learn your lessons and get your booty kicked. But we've been preparing you. We've been telling you it's time. It is time that we rise together as a sisterhood, as, as a, a global world, and as global citizens. Tanya, thank you. Absolutely. And I think we're all feeling that with heightened emotions and all of these incredibly horrible uh, acts of destruction. So may we continue to rise. May we continue to show up. Tanya, if you had all the ears of the women in this world, what wisdom would you share with them? She who listens knows. We spend so much time talking, reading, studying, but it is she who listens knows. That's one of the chapters in my upcoming book because I got that message. And, and, and just like I'm sharing, when we listen, that's when we're guided. When we listen is when we know that this, I must forgive this person. When we listen, we know the truth and the illusion fades away. She who listens knows. Tanya, thank you so much. Thank you for your wise words and your wisdom. Thank you for being on the Wise Woman Podcast. Thank you so much. I, I know, I, I hope you didn't have a lot of questions, but I wanted to share because we all feel so alone. We all feel like our story is so bad. Nobody has it as bad as I do, but believe me, beloveds, I have counseled people from all over the world and the stories the destruction, the fear, the pain, it is, it, is, it is in our minds. And if we allow ourselves to heal those stories, we will see our greatness and gloriousness in ways that we never, ever, ever thought possible. For me to go from a busboy to a TV star at the age of 40 in a matter of six months is a miracle. And, and that is what I should. And again, I was a single mother at 19. I thought my chances, all that was over. And you got to believe it to receive it, beloved. You got to open your heart, your mind, your You got to open. You got to heal. You got to forgive. You got to open. Mm -hmm. Tanya, thank you so much. Thanks for being thank here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And may these words bless a sister, all sisters, and both of us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Please let us know in the comments what words resonated with you, what is helping you feel calm, centered, and present right now. As always, feel free to send us questions. With podcasts, we need high-rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting next week. Thanks so much.